The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Coleman, are you on a second? Here. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Councilmember Scott Benson. Scott Benson, aye. You have a quorum present, Mr. Chair. All right, excellent. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, is there a motion to approve the minutes? Hearing no objection, the minutes are now approved. We have negative chair remarks, so we will go straight to public comment. Mr. Bo, how many people do we have in the queue for public comment? Mr. Chair, we currently have two hands raised for public comment. Two hands. Excellent. Okay. Uh, we're going to get started with the first person. Please say your name and you have two minutes. Mr. Chair, the first caller is Cindy Dar. All right, Ms. Dara, you have two minutes. The floor is yours. Hello? Hello, you have two minutes. Thank you. Uh, can you hear me or I'll go in the bathroom? Uh, I'll be right back. Um, anyway, I, this, this is Cindy. I worked for recreation for years. And um, I was going, I told you guys before, that floor that you recently put down in the um, uh, Adams Butzel locker room, when you come out with wet feet and no shoes on, it's like you're in a, a um, skating rink. So I don't know what you guys are, and you're actually destroying when you have that stuff done. It was better before they touched it. So you wasted money, plus maybe somebody's gonna slip and sue the city. And I don't, they did the same thing to the locker rooms out at uh, Brennan, because I went out there swimming and, and they put the shower room at one end, then you got to walk about 75 feet, 100 feet across this tile floor that has the lockers uh, in rows on perpendicular to where you're walking out to get to the pool. And even the woman's in there cleaning with a sign that says slippery, uh, wet, uh, slippery, be careful, you know, one of those little signs. Well, it's got to be wet when people walk out of the shower and they got to walk, you know, over 100 feet to get where they go out on concrete and be an outdoor swimming pool. And it looks to me like you're just making a rec center out of part of what used to be the locker rooms. That was built in the 1950s, I think, to have the nationals uh, for the swimming, for the U.S. nationals there. And they uh, they filled in the diving pool. I can see why they might want to take the 30-foot tower down. Uh, but they could have kept the diving pool for water polo. But they filled that all in with dirt. And uh, just, the, you know, the thing is, you've got one year to call these contractors back if they make a mistake. But I don't know that if you contract and say this is what you want, you're kind of making all right, Ms. Dara, thank you. We will take those, con we will take those uh, comments and uh, look into those. Thank you so much for that. Um, who's next, Mr. Bo? Mr. Chair, our next caller ends in 534. 
All right, five, three, four, you had the floor, two minutes. Yes, good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, great. Sorry, I'm on the line with Mr. James Tate, who at least had the decency to call me. But I'm asking him about the secretive support letters for North End Landing, a project he voted for when he must have known that or didn't know that the vast majority of impact residents didn't want it because whoever prepared the packet for city council didn't put all the information in there. Miss Edwina King said she'd answer all my questions about this, but thus far has not done so, claiming, oh, I was wasn't there back then, and uh, but she works in the department where she could get the answers. Miss Katrina Chavez won't answer my phone, and so I find it enormously disrespectful of the city council, of the mayor, who falsely campaigned saying, let's build Detroit's future together, to hook up some developers who I guess maybe they did it because they're black, and then they had a planning study. So that was enormously disrespectful to the residents, including myself, who've been asking for a planning study for a very, 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 very long time. And Council Member Young, you represent me, but your office has failed to get back with me. I've asked you to meet with the impact residents. That's something Mary Sheffield has refused to do for over a year. At least Mr. Tate has the decency to call me, although what he's letting me know is I don't believe he's done his due diligence about where the alleged supporters live. And they were hired, or Sheila Cockrell got hired, to go drum up a bunch of support for this. She did not invite me to all of the meetings. There's a whole bunch of secrecy, including Coleman Young's mom would not tell me about those support letters. Mary Sheffield's office won't tell me about these support letters. Why isn't the Walker William Rec Center open? This is what happens when you sell off our originally infectious disease hospital that now we got to go in and invade the rec centers for the COVID this and that. And, uh, and please listen to what Ms. Dara said, or you could get a lawsuit by having skating rinks close to the pools that are supposed to be areas safely for people to walk in. But member Young, will Thank you. Is there anyone else in the uh, queue, Mr. Bow? Mr. Chair, we uh, have three individuals um, with their hands raised at this moment. Okay, we're gonna take those three, and then after that, public comment is closed. Public comment is now closed. Public comment is now closed. All right, go ahead, Mr. Ball. Mr. Chair, our next caller is Michael Eason. Mr. Eason, the floor is yours. Two minutes. Hi, thank you, Council, and thank you, uh, committee and the chair. Uh, my name is Mike Essien. Um, I'm a resident of Brush Park. I'm in Council District 6. Although Brush Park is split between six and five. I'm also a member of the board for the Brush Park uh, CDC. And um, here today to uh, express some frustration, disappointment with the process related to the residential permanent parking ordinance. Um, we have been trying since the ordinance was rewritten in 2019 to get an um, uh, parking permit area established for the neighborhood. We are directly impacted by all three um, major sports stadiums, as well as all the other event centers around us. Um, this has been a problem since I moved to the neighborhood in 2014. Uh, we helped a city-led initiative to rezone our neighborhood to form-based code, which reduced the parking requirements to 0.5 to 1. Um, and we were told that uh, despite this reduction, we would solve the you know some of the parking problem by creating residential permits so we we supported that and then of course when the ordinance came up in 2019 we supported that as well and we were told by municipal parking department that they were going to conduct a study 
to establish the area, and it's been since 2019 and nothing has happened. So we submitted a petition a month ago with 120 signatures, which is the second means of establishing an area through the ordinance. And the DPW was supposed to have 10 days to acknowledge the um, submission of the petition and then to confirm whether or not it complied with the ordinance. That has not happened. Um, we have not heard back from DPW or Municipal Parking Department. Um, as of last week when I spoke with the clerk, they had not heard back from them as well. And so here today to demand answers for the community, it's unfair that those of us who live in the neighborhood should have to bear the burden of people who don't live in the neighborhood parking on our streets, especially when we have historic homes that do not have off-street parking. So I ask the council to please consider all right thank you so much sir i appreciate that we will definitely look into that we appreciate your call sir who's next mr bo mr chair our next caller last name is manning manning you're two minutes floor is yours hello thank you my name is janessa manning i am also a brush park resident and i am here uh, like mike to speak in support of a parking lot um, permitted parking on the east-west streets. We've submitted several studies. I've, I've done survey after survey for the Brush Park CDC. We are parked probably 300 days a year by events at the arenas. And now with uh, in-person classes resuming at the business school, we are street parked, you know, from early classes through the people showing up for events. There's nowhere to street park for um, a guest. There are a number of residents who live in apartment homes that don't have any parking and may need home health air care uh, to come in. I am not one of them, but I have heard from them. And there's just nowhere for us to have anyone come to park because it's street parked by people who don't wanna pay for, you know, parking for events so it, it feels like it's super past time we've done survey after survey we've been told it's coming any day now and it's been years and this is a burden that has just gotten heavier um we had a bit of a reprieve during covid but now that everything's back and events are happening in place it is now a, almost a makeup of um people going to events like with with fresh aplomb and i welcome the the busyness and the business that's coming to town and it should not fall on our backs to either not have guests or not have home health aides that can make it into our home to provide care um because of their events so i love the activity i love the events they you know woodward john r brush should you know probably be metered but Edmund, Alfred, Adelaide, these need to have residential permit of parking, and um, I appreciate your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Who do we have next in the queue, Mr. Bell? Mr. Chair, our last caller before you close public comment is Kevin. All right, Kevin, you got two minutes. Floor is yours. Yes, thank you to the council. Um, my name is Kevin McLean. I am a resident in Brush Park as well. I would just like to echo the sentiments of the previous two speakers. Um, I, I've only been a resident in Brush Park for uh, about six months at this point, but 
Um, I would echo those sentiments in terms of uh, with all the sporting events and concerts being back in person and uh, downtown being much busier than it was during COVID, uh, it has become extremely frustrating um, and difficult. Uh, I work late hours, oftentimes coming back from work late in the evening. Last night, for example, just in more practical purpose, I was coming back from working about a 14-hour day to see Thankfully, our Detroit Pistons win their home opener. But with that being said, looking to try to find a parking spot to get into uh, my apartment was proven to be quite difficult. Uh, perusing through all of the street parking, um, I could not find any sort of parking and had to resort to going to Whole Foods to then go pick up some groceries, hope that by the time I was done doing so, there would be some parking available so that I could get home after a long day. Um, I ended up having to go and pay for parking at a uh, lot near a friend's house and get a ride over to my apartment. Um, quickly after the Pistons game finished, there was plenty of street parking, but that didn't ha help my practical purposes. So I would just... Uh, echo those sentiments of the other two individuals who spoke on behalf of the brush park parking petition um, and i would ask the council to take serious consideration there's no reason to be discouraged by the city being busier and having more business but it is frustrating for the people who do live there to have their lives seriously inconvenienced uh, at their expense thank you thank you mr bow who else do we have in the in the queue Mr. Chair, that was the last caller before you could close public comment. All right. Thanks. Now we will move on, excuse me. Appreciate that. We will move on to unfinished business. Five point one status of Council President Mary Sheffield submitting memorandum relative to request for report on the status of all recreation centers. Uh, I have a request from the Council President to bring this line item back in one week. So, is there a motion to bring back line item five point one in one week? Are there any objections? Hearing none. Line item five point one is brought back in one week. Now we're taking up line item 5.2. This is the uh, status of Councilmember Coleman A. Young II. Submitting a resolution authorization contract number 604714, 100% <coughs> capital funding to provide project management for the purchase and installation of license plate readers, software, hardware upgrades for the new fleet of vehicles, contractor Detroit Building Authority, location 1301 3rd Street, Suite 328, Detroit, Michigan, 48226, contract period upon city council approval through September 5th, 2025, total contract amount $1,348,830. Um, is there a motion to bring, no, is there a motion to move um, 5.2, hold on, is there a motion to move 5.2 to formal session? Discussion. Oh, discussion. Thank you. Chair recognizes Member Benson. Uh, through yourself to the administration or anybody who can answer this question, I know that this uh, triggered the CIOGS. Just want to verify that we're good. We've cleared all the thresholds needed to be cleared. 
and this can go to formal without any issues. And crickets. Is anybody from um, the administration, Mr. Washington, Ms. Fulton? Mr. Chair, motion to bring this contract back at the end. I was trying to see if there's anybody here. I just want to give it a little bit more time. Mr. Bowe, is there anybody from the administration here on this at all? Mr. Chair, no one uh, from the administration has um, made themselves available at this moment. Okay. Uh, we will bring – motion has been made to bring this item back to the end of the, the, end of the agenda. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line on 5.2 be brought back, will be moved to the end, will be brought up at the end of the agenda. Moving on to new business, line item 6.1, contract 306-0714, city funding to provide payment towards outstanding invoices for the fire suppression system. Contractor Johnson Controls Fire Protection Limited, location 24747 Halstead Road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48335 contract period upon city council approval through October 27th, 2023 total contract amount, total contract amount $34,689.88. Is there a motion to move line item 6.1 to formal session for approval under new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Line on 6.1 is moved to formal session with approval under new business. Moving on to line item 6.2, 100% city funding to provide, to provide payment towards outstanding invoices for environmental services. Contractor Living LAB, Living Lab, location 4444 2nd Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48201. Contract period upon city council approval through October 27th, 2023. Is there a motion? No, total contract amount $37,560.66. Is there a motion to move line item 6.2 to formal session with recommendation, with recommendation under for recommendation for approval under new business? Motion. Are there objections? Hearing none, line 6.2 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval under new business. Line 6.3, contract 600 100% ARPA funding, public safety to provide construction services to restore and renovate the Detroit Police Department hangar at 11349 Connor Street. Contractor W-3 Construction Company, location 7601 2nd Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48202. Contract period upon city council approval through December 31st, 2023. Total contract amount $336,998. Is there a motion to move line item 6.3 to formal session with recommendation of approval under new business? Discussion. Discussion. Chair recognizes Vice Chairwoman Calloway. Um, um, Mr. Chair, uh, in my opinion, this is a, um, a misuse of um, ARPA funding. Um, DPD has a 300, and I'm going to try to read this, 2022 DPD's budget is $341,978,000 adopted. For 2023, DPD's budget is $366,782,203 
$5,000 that budget adopted. They wanted to use, well, $7 million in ARPA funding for spot, shot spotter. They were able to go back and find money out of their own budget to support that purchase, that contract for shot spotter. I'm asking that they go back to the drawing board and get money from their budget to support this. We're asking taxpayers through ARPA $336,000 to provide construction services to restore and renovate their hangar. We're asking, they're asking the residents to pay $10,900 for a large conference room. $7,840 for administrative office. $14,440 for administrative office B. Bathroom and shower, $15,380. I just want the public to hear what DPT is asking to use ARPA funding to cover. Kitchen, $20,360. Kitchen-area cabinets, $46,420. Hallway area, $7,780. These are a lot of numbers for me to read off, so bear with me. Sleeping quarters, $19,340, all ARPA. Single-use bathroom, $25,780. Ceiling work, $14,820. Lighting, $11,400. HVA system, $14,900. Paint, $24,770. Bond and insurance, $41,359. Contingency and additional services, whatever those are, $16,000. I am respectfully requesting, Mr. Chair, that we bring this back at a time to be determined and give DPD an opportunity to look in their own budget to pay for the reconstruction or renovation of their hangar. We were able to find $7 million instead of ARPA to support ShotSpotter out of their budget. I'm respectfully requesting that they go back to the drawing board and look at their own budget to cover these costs. And again, I, and after we finish discussing, if there's no other discussion, I'd like to make a motion to bring it back. Time to be determined. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, uh, Vice President Calloway. Now, here's what I think about this. I understand where you're coming from, and that makes sense. But if I had to choose between DPD spending their budget on hiring police or spending their budget on this, I would rather DPD spend their money on hiring police, especially in the time where we have gun violence that is rising, especially in the time when we have people who are losing their lives out here. And from my understanding, the reason why we were so critical about or the defund the police movement really came out of the fact that you had police budgets that were spending their money on other things other than policing. And so for me, it just feels like to go to the police budget and have them spend their money on something else other than policing. I think he's wrong. Now, we could talk about is ARPA funding the proper funding to use. I understand that. 
But if I had my druthers, I would prefer this money be spent other, elsewhere other than the police budget, which the reason why we had such a large, robust budget in the first place was so that money would be spent on increasing salaries, so that money would be spent on hiring more police officers, so that money would be spent on actually hiring investigators so that we could close these cases, so that we could solve more of these murders, which we only have like a, I think a 41% um, case closure rate in this city. That's what I want this money to be spent on. But you make a good point. Before we continue with the discussion, I want to know, is there anybody from the administration, particularly from Detroit Police Department, that has something to contribute to this? Good morning, Mr. Chair. And Mr. Washington, good to see you, sir. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, we don't have anyone from DPD on the call right now, but we do have Crystal Perkins, um, who may be able to address. All right. Ms. Perkins, the floor is yours as soon as you're promoted. Ms. Perkins has been promoted, Mr. Chair. Hmm? You promoted? Okay, good. Hello. Um, good afternoon and through the chair. So the ARPA funding is um, federal funding that has been um, provided to you know, the majority of the cities from the federal government to help um, as an act of the Coronavirus Relief Act. Um, the funding was identified to use to repair the hangar because the hangar has been in disrepair for decades. And the hangar is used for the police helicopters and um, things of that nature. So we wanted to bring the hangar into a state of good repair. And this is why the ARPA funding was identified um, for this initiative. Um, I, I do know that the general fund is what funds the police department's budget. And um, the general fund is majority made up, uh, a lot of the general fund is made up of the taxpayer dollars. Um, I am not um, at liberty to say um, what they have in their budget and what they have set aside for their budget, but I do know that the ARPA funding is, a, is federal funding and um, we have set, it a, set some aside to use to bring um, our public safety buildings and other um, buildings that have that are older and in much need of repair. Yeah, I just wanted to say, Ms. Perk, as well, um, part of the reason that I thought we had helicopters in the first place was because you had a lot of um, car chases. And in order for to cut down on the fatalities, not just of the person being chased, but also the police officer that were chasing them, you had a helicopter above them to be able to cut down on fatalities and also to be able to catch people who were illegal uh, drag racing and who are doing donuts in people's yards and things of that nature. Is that correct? That is correct. So the helicopter um, will allow for the police to have a better view of what's on the ground as they are in pursuit of um, suspects or um, other crimes that are in place. And then secondly, uh, from my understanding, the president uh, specified specific ARPA funds for DPD when the chief, when the chief went to the chief police went to the White House that is, you, you know, so it's kind of outside the city of Detroit's, is that outside the city of Detroit's ARPA allocation or well, how does that I do, Well, I do work? know um, a lot of the um, funding is to be earmarked for public health emergency, um, public sector um, buildings, things of that nature, okay. which is why this um, particular hangar is being um, 
the renovation is being used via this funding and it was approved through this, you know, our approval process. Okay. Okay. As, does anybody else have any questions or comments? Chair recognizes Ben Benson. Uh, Mr. Chair, thank you very much. I understand the uh, concerns coming from both my colleagues on this one. Uh, this hangar is in the third district and I've had the opportunity to visit in the past and it is in austere condition at best. Um, I believe that we should be looking at how we can improve the environment of all of our employees, police, fire, uh, GSD, um, parks and rec, everybody should have a good working environment and I believe that we should be using funding to do that. And I just have my own bias is that I'd much rather use other people's money to um, make bricks and mortar type improvements. I'd much rather see the general fund used for operations versus that. But um, hearing that concern and I, I don't object to a one week bring back to give the police department an opportunity to come and justify um, its use of this funding. But just know that I am supportive of using ARPA funds to uh, improve the bricks and mortar environment of our different employees. And I've, I advocated during the uh, conversations around the use of ARPA funds to use ARPA to refresh our entire um, police department uh, precincts as well as our DFD firehouses, which are in great need of attention. So I, I would motion for a one week bring back and give the uh, police department an opportunity to come and discuss the needs of their um, of this funding source for this uh, hangar. All right, is there any other further discussion? All right, now everybody knows I like to move, especially this type of stuff, I like to move as quickly as possible, but you know, I'm not a mathematician, but I can't count. And I see that the votes are against me. So uh, is there a motion to bring this item? Hold on, make the number right here. Is there a motion to bring back line item 6.3 for one week? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line 6.3 will be brought back in one week. All right. Moving on to line item 6.4, contract number 600-4007, revenue to provide a lease agreement with East Side, with the East Side Tennis and Fitness Club, contractor East Side Tennis and Fitness Club, location 18201 East Warren, Detroit, Michigan, contract period upon city council approval through October 1st, 2042. My understanding is that date is wrong. It's supposed to be May 31st, 2032, and uh, OCP verified that. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to say, is there a motion to open this, to open up line item 6.4 for discussion? Motion. Hearing no objections, line on 6.4 is moved for open to discussion. And now I want to say again, the date is incorrect. It's not October 1st, 2042. It's May 31st, 2032. As an office of contracting and procurement had verified, I just want to make sure, is that true? Is there anybody from the administration that can attest to that or verify that? It's Crystal Perkins again through the chair. Yes, that date is correct. The um, 2020, 2032 is the correct date. Okay, excellent. Um, is there any other questions or concerns involving this item? Discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Discussion. Um, just looking, Chair, recognize Member Benson. My report, the T report, indicates that this 
that the tax clearance has expired. Where are we on the tax clearance on this on this contract? And I just had a question for Parks and Rec regarding programming and ownership of that property as well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello, Ms. Wilson. Uh, Ashley Wilson, legislative floor is yours. Thank you. Um, we did get an updated tax clearance, the uh, tax clearance, and the new expiration date is 10-18-23, so that is valid as of today. Thank you very much. And then the ownership of this property and the programming that's there, and then just to use, I think this is, a, for at least for me, this is an under-marketed property and an excellent asset within our recreation portfolio. Just want to get a little information and update on what we have going on there and who owns that property. I believe Ms. Limit would be able to answer that question. I see her on online. Yeah, I don't have that information. This is Crystal Perkins um, through the chair. So the city of Detroit um, does own the property. Um, I can bring on my um, colleague, Maria Galarza, uh, to talk more about the programming that's offered at the Eastside Tennis location. And um, if we can, Maria's online. She, if we can bring her over, Malik or Gail. Good afternoon to this honorable committee, Gail Fulton, on behalf of the administration. Hello, Ms. Fulton. Floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, I believe I was cut off as I was being promoted. Could you please uh, repeat your question? Thank you so much. Oh, just, uh, who owns the property um, and what type of programming do we have going on there? City. I believe I would need to get that information from PDD. I do see Ms. Galazara, and she may have the appropriate answer for that. Thank you. Yes, good afternoon um, through the chair. Uh, we, uh, the city of Detroit, um, under our Victoria Parks and Rec on the property, it, it sits within Baldock Park. Um, and as you said, it is a great sort of asset to the city. Um, they provide sort of tennis lessons, um, there's just tennis programming, golf programming, indoor turf. Um, through this new agreement, we do have um, operational performance metrics where um, we will have more community um, programming happening at the event. So definitely be in the lookout for additional sort of marketing and opportunities that will be open. Right. Uh, how many, open how many indoor courts do we have there? And do we have any clay courts? There is a clay course, but they are sort of hard to maintain. So they are um, swapping out uh, the course, but there is a clay course if you're interested. <laughs> so are we going to get rid of the clay course? Yeah, the clay course is actually very uh, difficult to maintain. It has to be um, sort of humidified and the indoor conditions um, are quite expensive. Um, I'm not an expert in tennis courts, but currently there are two um, clay tennis courts there. 
Is that a done deal or is that up for conversation still in the clay court? I mean, that's just a huge asset and such a yeah. huge opportunity for our Detroit youth. That's that's yeah. a rare, rare tree. I'm not sure how many clay courts we even have in the city, let alone the region. And for yeah. our youth to have that as part of their tax dollars, I think that's that's a huge asset. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely um, a conversation we can have with the operator, okay. uh, and I'm happy to um, get your thoughts uh, from your staff um, so we can bring them to um, a conversation coordination. Well, well, I appreciate you're looking at me for some level of expertise. I'm going to look right back at you and probably to our budget to find out what level of expertise and support would be needed to maintain and keep clay courts in a working condition. So that's a conversation we should have in the future. But it's really glad to hear that this is an asset that we have for our youth and within the city of Detroit. I'm glad that we haven't gotten rid of the clay courts just yet, but I'm hoping that we can uh, figure out a way to keep that in our portfolio of tenants and having an indoor facility, I believe is just huge for the city of Detroit and an underutilized and unheralded um, asset. So this is good to know. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Any other questions? Yes, Mr. Chair. Chair recognizes Vice Chairwoman Galloway. Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. I'm just trying to understand this contract. This is a half a million dollar contract. Um, and my uh, colleague just asked if this is a city-owned property. And I think the reply was yes. Is that correct? Correct. And the contract is so that the operator is pay paying the city. So we own the property, but we are paying someone to run services, a half a million dollars worth of services through a property that we own. We can't do this in-house. We can't hire students and young athletes to run these programs. Through the chair, uh, no, this this contract, they, they are, the operator is paying us for the use of the facility. So that, okay, so they're paying us a half a million dollars to use the property? Correct. Okay, so they're they're running their own pro, um, programs using our, leasing our property for a half a million dollars? Correct. Okay, I got a better understanding. Thank you very much, ladies. Yeah, uh, I just had some questions really quickly uh, you know, to kind of piggyback off of um, Member Benson talking about the clay courts. Uh, has there been any real competitions that have been held there? Has there been any real promotion of that? Because that's a tremendous asset. And if you, and you know, I, I saw some professional, you know, matches in tennis from time to time, and they talk about the challenges of the clay courts. And you know, you talk, you see a lot of athletes about the performance and how they have to perform on there. I just think that's a tremendous opportunity, not just to perform like that, but also for the next generation of tennis players in Detroit. You know, like they had in Los Angeles with the Serena Williams sisters and things of that nature. We have such assets here that we could potentially, you know, produce the next great generation of uh, tennis greats here in the city of Detroit. So has there been any competitions? Have there been any sponsorships to be able to keep up with these type of assets at all? You know, what's going on? How, how, are, we, how, how are we utilizing this? Um, yeah, uh, Mr. Chairman, we do. Uh, there are competitions that take place um, at the facility. Also, there are teams that go on to play at national competitions. Um, so there are sort of teams that are, um, seated uh, in Detroit and in the facility that go on to play at regionals, nationals. Um, so, yeah, that is currently happening. Okay, excellent. And uh, I also want to ask you, how much revenue has, has revenue, how much revenue has increased, if at all, due to inflation that the city is receiving now? Or, or is that fixed? 
Uh, no, we included a percentage to increase year over year. I believe it was 5%. So, so, we, so we received a 5% increase in this revenue due to inflation? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. 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 And, um, my, 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 my final, um, and this is more of an ask on, on our behalf, but is, is, is there any sort of money that we should be setting aside? Should we be partnering more with our, um, with our, um, God, I'm trying to make sure I get this right, but with, you know, our television department for promotion of this, I, I just find the fact that we have clay courts, is just a real asset that's very rare. You know, just piggyback off of what Member Benson said. I don't know how many clay courts you have in the city or in the region or in the country for that matter. And so for us to have one of them, I really think if we promoted this more, if we if, if we did, I just want to make sure we're doing all that we can to maximize the promotion and reach out for sponsorships because I don't know why we couldn't have sponsorships around the, re- around the city, if not around the region at least, to keep this open. Um, what is yeah. the strategy and what do we need to do or what should I do as a, as a chairman to be able to provide appropriations or whatever to promote this here? Yeah, we will uh, look into sort of the maintenance requirements for clay courses and we're happy to get back to you. But yeah, we're always sort of looking for grant opportunities or um, any sort of um, additional income that can support sort of facility maintenance Um and upgrades and renovations. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Any other questions from my colleagues? Yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Chair, I do. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Is Do we have an opportunity to meet the contractor who's running the programs? I'd like to know whether or not they have a working relationship with the students at East English Village, which is just minutes away from this location. So I want to know how are the kids in Detroit benefiting from this? Because I know this is also near Gross Point. And so I would want to know who's benefiting from this fitness center. Who's actually using it? And can they provide some type of report? And then I'd like to know if we are receiving the 5%, what does that look like? So I would like a more um, expansive report, if possible, before we move it to formal session with a vote to approve. I'd like to see some type of PowerPoint or something. I'm excited about it. But we have very little information in front of us to make a decision. I mean, I'm not comfortable making a decision over a half a million dollars. You know, even if they are paying us, I want to see what the programming looks like and which students or kids are benefiting. I don't know if that's asking for too much or not. We do have GPS. Um, yeah, East English Village, Village is right over there. Through through the chair, we we do have um, some bullet points ready that I'm happy um, to send to Malik um, to forward to the councilwoman, um, and we do have um, sort of programs that currently run for the youth at the facility. Uh, if you give me a minute, I can read them out. Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide that information. And the fiscal announcement through the um, chair. The five percent. I like to see what that's been looking like. How long has the, um, this contract been in force? So the through the chair, um, the the five percent comes in. Oh, um, Jonathan uh, from law also has um, his hand up. But um, the five percent is uh, built in on their uh, monthly fee. So the monthly fee takes place over the course of a year, and then on the next year we see that five percent increase. 
Any other questions? Uh, listen, I, 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 I understand my colleague. Wait, did you, did you, did you, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Member Benson. Sorry. Just uh, two, two last questions. The uh, condition of the facility, what, what is the con current condition of that facility? Roof, walls, floors, foundations, aesthetically, carpets, lockers, things of that nature. How, how does it look? Yeah, the operator has done a great job at maintaining the facility um, up to really good standards. Um, they're currently in process of um, upgrading the lighting system uh, to a more energy efficient system. Um, the, during the closures of COVID, they actually took the opportunity to do some renovations in, ter in terms of finishes. Um, I tour the facility in March, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great facility in great shape. Do we know how many people utilize that facility annually? And that was one of the questions asked by my colleague. Uh, I can try to read it to you. Give me one second. Um, there's about 2,400 Detroit residents that, um, currently utilize, um, the facility and about 5,000 people overall. So we make up a little less than half of the, the activity with 5,000 a year. Okay. How many square feet? It's about 6,000. Through the chair, it's a little over 65,000 square feet. 65,000? That's yes. building under roof or parking That's correct. grounds? The, under roof. The building, the building facility under the roof is 65,000. Okay. Uh, about 65,500 square feet. All right, thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, one more question. Yep, Chair, Chair. Member Galloway. And thank you. How long has this contract been in force or is it new? Is this the first time or is it a continuation? Through the chair, uh, Jonathan Merson, the City of Detroit Law Department. The Law Department uh, was responsible for working with the Parks and Recs team to draft this agreement. Uh, the original agreement was an operations and concessions agreement that was enacted in 1987, uh, and the original business partner actually built the facility under the oversight of the city. Uh, that agreement expired this year, and this new agreement is uh, designed after Parks and Rec's sort of best practices around third-party operation of city assets uh, and is intended to replace the contract that's been in existence since 1987. So this is a longstanding operator and uh, the individual who will be running the uh, organization that will be operating the site uh, has been involved at the site for many years uh, and is taking over uh, full control of the, the operation. Mr. Chair? Yeah, uh, Chair recognized Mayor Benson, then I'm gonna recognize, uh... oh, wait, hold on, were you done? I'm sorry, you had the floor. Oh, I have, I, just one more yeah, question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go so ahead. how did the city um, gain ownership of this facility if they didn't buy it? And if the facility was bought in, um, built in 1987, how did the city gain ownership of it? Through the chair, again, Jonathan Murr's law department. Um, council member, uh, the, the building was built at Baldock Park, which is itself city real property. Um, the facility is its own separate you know, structure built on the park. And under the terms of the 1987 agreement, the structure became city property. Um, and so that that has transpired, and as a result, the facility is owned by the city of Detroit. It is merely operated by this uh, separate entity. Okay, and I have one more question. So Go was ahead. this put out to bid? Are we, is this just one company that was allowed to enter this agreement, or did other companies or other vendors have an opportunity 
to um, provide these services. Uh, I will defer to Parks and Rec on, on their decision there. Thank you. Uh, through the chair, this is Maria Galarza. Um, no, this this uh, contract did not go to bid. Um, this operation is very sort of unique. Um, I don't know if. From, Ms. Gar, uh, Ms. Gar, I think from, from my understanding, what I'm reading here is it says that this is a legacy operation and a concession agreement with the Eastside Tennis and Fitness Club to operate and manage the tennis fitness club at Balduck Park for 20 years. So, Correct. I mean, it, does, does that have to do with the fact that why it wasn't a bid because it's been a legacy operation where it's been done for so long? Through the chair, if I if I could speak briefly just on the contract side from the law department's perspective, yeah. um, the original agreement has been in existence for over 30 years and uh, is quite outdated uh, and does not reflect best practices of the department. The new agreement does. The new agreement is intended to extend the term of the original agreement, but okay. also really sharpen it up uh, in terms of expectations for the operator, uh, maintenance of the site, and as uh, Ms. Galarza pointed out, specific metrics around the number of Detroit residents that are using the site that are active members, uh, discounted membership, a lot of new terms that are consistent with the uh, principles and policies of the city and the department. None of those would have been reflected in the original agreement if it had been merely extended, uh, but Parks and Rec took the initiative to draft a much better agreement um, that keeps a strong operator in place, but also holds them accountable to be, uh, in, in my view, as the attorney who helped draft it, uh, more, more connected and more accountable to the community. So it is not intended to be a, a brand new contract with a brand new operator, but to extend and strengthen an existing contract that's been around for well over 30 years. Okay. Ms. Galarza, is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, I, I think my colleague Jonathan summarized that well. Okay. Um, Vice Chair Callaway, anything else you want to ask? Okay. Member Benson, you had some questions? Uh, just the, the cost to utilize costs for membership, what's the discounted rate? Are there any free clinics provided to uh, youth or families to gain more interest? Just what is the cost for people to utilize the space? So through the chair, we do have um, one of the operators from the um, Eastside Tennis location online. Is it okay if we bring him over? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Bring him over. I'm sorry. Okay. Maria, who do we have on, online with us today? We have Mr. Brian Keene. So, Gail or Malik, if you can bring Brian Keene over. Go Mr. ahead. Mr. been promoted, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Hello, can everyone hear me? Yes, sir, go ahead. Floor is yours. Hello. Thank you, Honorable Chair and Council for uh, having me on. Yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. You're asking about uh, programming? Uh, the Chair. Uh, yeah, programming, chair, cost to use, discounts, uh, residential discounts for residents, uh, youth discounts, just things of that nature. What does it cost to utilize that? 
um, as a city resident, as a non-resident? Correct. So I kind of go through the, the scope of everything. And as was mentioned before, we were we, we built the club in 1987. And, uh, you know, my tennis is my life's passion. Uh, and we're actually the one of the busiest clubs because of all the, the programming I put together. Uh, we've got junior programs from all ages, starting from five, five years old to, to high school level. Uh, we've developed players that have gone on to play college tennis from Detroit. Uh, Jabril Nettles, who is a Detroit uh, resident, uh, he's actually playing on a tour right now. Uh, and he developed at our facility. Um, we have private lessons that people can pay for. I also do um, o open time that's that's no charge. Uh, we do special events for Detroit residents that's no charge. I work with greater Detroit patrons. Uh, we do like special uh, diversity and minority mixtures here. Uh, we've run tournaments uh, for Detroit. Um, for me, it's it's I mean because tennis is my life's passion. It's it's all about events that we do at the club. Uh, I don't know if any of you are tennis players, but we're known in the area for all of the uh, activity we do and uh, even competitive play. Just this last weekend, my team that I run out of Eastside, we won the state championships and we went to nationals to play at a national level. Uh, so all that PR kind of builds up the club. And, and that's why our junior program is so strong is because you kind of have to have the mix of everything is you have to have high enough level for people to come to and want to play in your programming and have it open to everybody. So that's how we've had such a, uh, a big program. And in the past five years, I personally, because uh, kind of when we were close with COVID, it's hard to do some improvements here because, you know, the club's busy. We got a lot of activity here. Uh, when we were close with COVID, I spent over $400,000 fixing up the club. Um, you know, the, the, the roof was, I mean, we built the club 35 years ago. The roof was leaking. I put a whole new roof on the facility. Uh, and right now with everything I've put into it, it's, it's, you know, we're at a top-notch facility now, and and uh, and working with the city on a new contract. There's, I think, there's a lot we can grow and do for Detroit, and that's that's where we're at right now. Oh, very good and very interesting. Thank you for that information. I oh. have never been to that location before. I don't have my staff reach out. I'd like to take a tour. And yeah, the, the one thing the, um, what we have going on there. Thank you, Mr. The Chair. clay courts. If I can mention the clay yep. courts. Uh, back when we built the facility, we actually had four clay courts, and we had four hard courts. Uh, and then probably 10 years after we built the club, we found more people wanted the hard courts. We kept two clay courts. We have five indoor hard courts and the two clay. Uh, nothing is set with getting rid of the clay courts. And I'd definitely be happy to discuss keeping them. Uh, the issue is with the indoor clay, all the clay kind of goes up in the air and you can see it, it settles on the beams in the air. Um, so, and we have, you know, we try and water with by hose by hand twice a day. Uh, and it's more of like a health issue because the, the clay, you can see the clay debris over the hard courts. So we're vacuuming the hard courts twice a day to get that clay soot up. Uh, but with that clay dust in the air, it's just, it's it's a lot of maintenance and upkeep and a health issue. So it's like, we need to get rid of the clay, but it's 120 grand to tear up the clay to put in hard courts. <laughs> if we wanted to keep the clay, uh, one solution, but it's also extremely expensive, is hydro courts, which actually waters the, waters the clay courts from underneath. Um, and that system would help us to keep the indoor clay but again it's all those improvements are it's really expensive we're, we're going to be doing led lighting and that's it's one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars to switch to the led lighting on the courts which will make it brighter and it'll kind of take off those rafters in the center um the 150 grand for the lighting it's everything's a big capital expense that, that we always pay for and take care of because i i put everything i have into fixing up this club because tennis is my life
Thank you. That's very, very, that's very, very interesting. Good information. So I'm looking forward to uh, taking a tour and seeing the uh, clay courts. Yeah, I'd love to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Anybody else have any questions, comments, or concerns? Okay, listen, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to make this clear. I mean, listen, I definitely think we want to do all we can to keep the clay courts, but I, I support this. I mean, it's rare that you vote on a contract that's actually bringing in revenue. And so I think this is a good opportunity. I think it's something that we should definitely keep going. So is there a motion to move line item 6.4 to formal session with recommendation for approval to new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Mr. Chair. Oh, wait, who's, who's that talking? Mr. Clerk speaking. Clerk, go ahead, Madam Clerk. Okay, Mr. Chair, um, the clerk office, we have not received a corrected um, resolution. When you mentioned that the approval date is through May 31st, however, everything that was turned into us is still represent the October 1st date. So if you move the item out through you, to the administration will we get a corrected and amended copy or move this item pending corrected documentation? Motion. In order for us to change the, make sure that the contract read correctly on the formal session agenda Tuesday, we will need a corrected copy of this contract. That's, that's the question to the administration, right? Yes. Okay. Mr. Washington. I just saw the update for that yesterday. Yes. That text Who's yes, that talking? Malik Washington on behalf of the mayor's office. So yes, we'll provide that correction later by two informal. Okay. You. So you're gonna provide it. So so I'm gonna move this forward and you're gonna provide you and you're saying you're gonna be able to provide that before it gets to formal, correct? That's correct. All right. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay, no, Thank no problem. Thank you, Malik. Okay, so there's been a motion. Motion. Are you objections? Hearing none, line out 6.4 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business. All right, line out 6.5. Contract 604-475, operation and management amendment number one to provide an extension of time only for manager services to oversee the daily operation and management of the market. Services include renting or leasing out the market's various stalls, stands, booths, office spaces, rental spaces, sheds, and other areas. Contractor, Eastern Market Corporation, location 2934 Russell Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48207. Contract period upon city council approval through September 30th, 2033. Amended contract amount, $0.00. Total contract amount, $0.00. This is an amendment to an existing contract. Uh, General Services, original contract period, June 30th, 22 through June 30th, 2023. Is there a motion to move line item 6.5 to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business? Discussion. Discussion. Chair recognizes member, Vice Chairwoman Calloway. Thank you, um, Mr. Chair. So this is a 10-year extension from 2023 to 2033. Am I reading that correctly? Mm -hmm. So it's going beyond 2023. They're asking for a 10-year extension to manage the Eastern market. They want to extend it to 2033. Long yeah. contracts like this make me a little nervous, but um, um, that was it. 
Mr. Chair. No, no problem. That's what I read on the thing. Is there anybody from the administration that wants to respond to that or be correct on that? If not, please speak up now. So through the chair, yes, that is correct. Um, for the third party um, contracts and agreements, um, the department is looking to have everyone on the same term length mm -hmm. to um, bring all the contacts, uh, contract standard. And because they're managing an asset that they will be responsible for, um, these are a, a little bit longer in length. I understand, I get it. Okay, thank you so much. Any other questions, comments, concerns? All right. Is there a motion to move line on 6.5 to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line on 6.5 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business. Moving on to line on 6.6, 100% strategic funding to provide environmental work needed to complete the state response activity plan. Contractor living lab location, 4444 2nd Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48201. Contract period upon City Council approval through September 29th, 2024. Total contract about $96,466. Is there a motion to move line on 6.6 .6 to formal session with recommendation for approval motion. to all new business? Yep. Motion. Is there any objection? Hearing none, line on 6.6 .6 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business. Moving on to Office of Chief Financial Officer for Office of Development and Grants, line on 6.7. Submit resolution authorization request to accept and appropriate fiscal year 2021-2022 through 2022. Wayne County Park Millage Intergovernmental Agreement Grant. Wayne County has awarded the City of Detroit General Services Department with with the fiscal year 2021 through 2022 Wayne County Park Millage Intergovernmental Agreement grant for a total of $234,000. There is no match requirement. The total project cost $234,000. Is there a motion to move line item 6.7 to formal session with recommendation for approval? Are any objections? Hearing none, line on 6.7 is moved. Hold on for a minute. Line of 6.7 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business. Madam Parliamentarian, do I need to go through that process all over again because I forgot the new business part of it? No, sir, you were talking all, um, it got included. You're fine. Excellent. The intent is there. Thank you so much, Dr. Powell. Unless Appreciate the clerk is concerned, but it was fine from my perspective. Excellent. Madam Clerk, are we good? We are good. Thank you, Dr. Palm, Dr. Powers, Powers and Mr. Chair. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate you. You're welcome. And thank you, Dr. Powers, as always. Municipal Parking Department, 6.8 submitting resolution authorization to set public hearing for residential parking permit area. The Municipal Parking Department submitted a proposed resolution to schedule a public hearing for the department, no, for the establishment of residential parking zones as required pursuant to Chapter 46. Traffic and Vehicles, Article 2nd, Enforcement Division 2, Residential Parking Permits of the 2019 Detroit City Code. Is there a motion to move line item 6.8 to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business? Discussion? Discussion. Chair recognizes Member Benson. Anybody from uh, the Parking Department who can speak to this? Um, yes, Mr. Chair. Um, we have 
Director Keith Hutchings online. Mr. Chair, Mr. Keith Hutchins has been promoted. Mr. Hutchins, how you doing? Always a pleasure. Good to see you, sir. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chair. My name is Keith Hutchings. I'm the director of the Municipal Parking Department. I didn't hear if there was a question. I didn't hear what the question was. Do yourself, Mr. Chair, to Mr. Hutchings. Thank you for being here. Just can you give us an update on what we have here? I see proposed zone 401, 402. Then I see that one of the proposed zones would be on the west side of the street on 2nd, on the east side of Cass Park. And I see this conversation regarding Masonic Temple and evening events. How is this working? What do we what do we have going on here? Yes, uh, through the chair, uh, we are uh, submitting our formal resolution for uh, the establishment of three residential zones uh, to answer a petition that was that was submitted by the citizens and certified by the city clerk's office. Uh, this establishment of these three residential zones. Um, will help uh, uh, mediate the um, undue burden of parking for residents in the area, in the Cass Park area, that uh, is occurring as a result of activity from events that occur at Little Caesars Arena. And so, how so? This can you give me just a little bit more? So, I'm looking at uh, the Second Street. I'm looking at 403, the west side of Second, the, the east side of Second. So you have a whole, you have a zone, two zones on one street. I mean, how's this working? Yes. So each one of the zones uh, through the chair, each one of the zones are designed for a specific group of residents. Um, they are um, cr creating a single uh, zone that would address all the residents is not as efficient because then if a resident overparks that area, uh, then the other residents are, are, are hindered and impacted in a negative manner. So what we've done is zone 401 is specifically for residents who are living on uh, 2nd Street um, uh, just off of uh, Temple. And then zone 402 are for residents who are living off of 2nd and Temple. Um, in their residential area. And then zones 403 are residents who are living off of Charlotte, um, uh, are currently living off of Charlotte. Okay, that's very helpful, thank you. Any other questions, comments or concerns? All right, we are to set, is there a motion to move 6.8 to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business? Motion. Are any objections? Hearing none, line out 6.8 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business. Uh, I have a request on this. Hold on, let me read this again. Let me read this first and say that. Okay, uh, line out 6.9, Council President Mary Sheffield submitting memorandum relative to the residential parking permit update, Brush Park. Um, there is a request from the Council President to bring line item 6.9 back in two weeks. Do I have a motion? Motion. Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line item 6.9 will be brought back in two weeks. Line item 6.10 from Council President Mary Sheffield. Submitting memorandum relative to the request for updated report on Detroit Resident Parking Discount Program. Is there? I have a request from Council President bringing this line item back in two weeks. Motion. Do I have a mo Is there a motion? 
Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line item 6.10 will be brought back in two weeks. Now we are moving on to member reports, and the chair will start with Vice Chairwoman Callaway. Thank you, Mr. Chair. No report today. All right. Moving on to Member Benson. No report. All right. Moving on to the chair. Negative member report. Mr. Chair. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, right. Hold on. We, I forgot. We got to move back to line item 6.1. I have forgot about that. So we'll be back to the top of the agenda. Line item 6.1. Uh, there was a question from Member Benson. Chair recognize Member Benson. It was 5.2, Mr. Chair. It's 5.2. I'm sorry, I made a wrong mistake. Now, I said point one. It was 5.2. Excuse me. I'm sorry about um, the purchase, installation of license plate readers uh, for the municipal parking department. If I'm not mistaken, is there any question? Just making sure that we've complied with CIOGS. And then next question is going to be, who is responsible for making sure when we have these type of contracts that we do comply with the CIOG provisions? Because we had a contract that made, it, made its way through committee then to full body to be sent back because it hadn't complied with the CEOG's provisions. For the chair. Chair recognizing member, uh, chair recognizing Ms. Fulton, excuse me. Sorry about that big promotion there, Ms. Fulton. Much appreciated. Thank you, Gip <laughs> Fulton, on behalf of the mayor's office. So the CIOG's report uh, for any and all contracts that do uh, touch it and are affected by it will go through the Office of Contracting and Procurement, and they will also be housed um, uh, in that manner. The departments do have the option to post on their page. However, it will be much more uh, effective if OCP house them along with the contracts themselves. That way the public can access them in one setting. Do we know? And the uh, specification report was also submitted um, and posted to the city's website. Okay. And so the Office of Contracting Procurement is taking responsibility for ensuring that all purchases that need to comply are impacted by the CIOGS will comply. So it's their responsibility then? Uh, through the chair to member Benson, that is correct. And as long as the department attaches the specification report along with their contract package that they do submit in the scope of work that they submit to OCP, then OCP will uh, include that in one bundle and it'll be housed on their webpage. Okay. All right. Thank you. So then we are good to uh, move line 5.2 out. Everything has been handled. Talk to the administration or yeah through the, through the chair to member benson yes that's correct we should be all set all right motion to approve is in the form mr chair there's been a motion to move line on 5.2 to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business are there any objections hearing none line on 5.2 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval on new business now we're going to go back to member reports and i have a no no i i do want to say something i want to thank everybody who came out um to my uh to our um last uh charter mandated city council meeting slash birthday thank you so much for celebrating with me i appreciate you and uh take care everybody and that is all i have to say that being said is there a motion to adjourn neighborhood and community services standing committee motion 
Hearing no objections, Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee is now adjourned.